So, welcome to this week's podcast, which is all about motivation. You can listen to this from the point of view of yourself, how and why you are motivated, or not, and or from the perspective of others, how you might help others with their motivation. In other words, the principles I'm about to outline in this podcast are generic. They apply to anyone, yourself included. Today's 10 tips split into two sections. The first section is about the six factors that are essential for anyone to be successfully motivated. Conveniently, each of these six factors begins with the letter A, so I call them the six A's of motivation. These are then followed by the four classic constraints, the things that are most likely to get in the way of successful motivation. And six plus four equals ten. So before I begin with the six A's, it's important to recognise that all motivation belongs to the individual, him or herself. The only person who can motivate you is you. The only person who can motivate me is me. And if you're a teacher or a manager who is interested in the motivation of your students or team members, you don't own their motivation. They do. All you can do, and should do, is create the factors that are most likely to encourage their motivation and minimise those constraints that are most likely to get in the way. And that's where the six A's and four constraints come in. So, off we go. Starting with my six A's. Tip number one, aim. For anyone to be motivated, they have to have some kind of motive. That's why the word motivation is being used. It's built around the idea of a motive, a purpose, a goal, a target, an objective. We can use any number of those words, but essentially we're talking about a clear aim. It's worth talking about two types of aim. There's result aim and process aim. Think about whether you enjoy a sport or you have a hobby. Let's go to the sport example. What motivates you? Winning, the result, or the game itself, the process? Some people are motivated by results, by the outcome of what they're doing. Others, less so. They're more interested and motivated by the involvement, the journey, the participation. I had some students who, for, for whom getting a particular result was all important. That was their long-term goal and they never lost sight of achieving a particular result. Others I taught were not that really interested. They actually enjoyed learning. They enjoyed the collaborative nature of coming together as a group each week and sharing and participating with each other. So they were more concerned with the journey rather than the destination. So it, it can be worthwhile thinking what's the individual's type of aim. Is it end result destination or is it part of the journey, the way? So tip number one, clarify the individual's aim. Tip number two is about attitude. If I were to give you a, an aim, it might be clear doesn't grab you. 
you don't see any benefit in that aim for you. So for somebody to be motivated, they have to have a positive attitude to the particular aim. There has to be something in it for them or for people they care about. So tip number two, check the individual's attitude to the aim. Can they see a benefit? Tip number three is anticipation. I'd like to play quarterback for an American football team. Is that a clear aim? Yes, it is. Would I love to do it? Absolutely. Do I have any belief or confidence that I can achieve that? No. So I fall down at the third A. I might have a clear aim and I might value it, but I don't believe it's possible for me to get there, to achieve it. So I lack the anticipation that will drive me forward. This lack of self-belief, this lack of self-confidence is crucial. If people don't believe they can get there, if people are lacking in confidence in getting there, then they'll switch off. They'll be discouraged, disheartened. So tip number three is check whether the individual believes they can achieve what they want to achieve and has the confidence to achieve what they want to achieve. And this leads to tip four. The fourth A is ability. The reason why I have no confidence or belief that I can become an American quarterback is I have no ability. Plus, I'm a bit too old. So, I am limited by my ability. So, ability includes things like a lack of knowledge, a lack of skill, a lack of opportunity, a lack of experience, and a lack of resource, a lack of wherewithal includes also health, well-being, mental fortitude and strength and resilience. All of these things I'm grouping together under the label ability. Does the individual, do you, have the ability to achieve what you're setting out to achieve? So the fourth tip is consider the individual's ability to get there. Tip number five, the fifth A is action. People who are motivated will always take action. They will get off their backside and make things happen. They will have drive and determination. They will put in the effort. They will be enthusiastic about what they are doing. They will have the energy from somewhere to make it happen. Here's a little story. Imagine you're asleep in bed late one night and the phone rings and it's somebody who's a really close friend who lives quite a distance away from you and they're dreadfully upset on the phone and all you can hear them say is please come, please come and help me I need you to be here now two things firstly, would you by now be wide awake and two, would you go I think your answer is going to be, say, be yes to both of those and as you drive, although you were fast asleep 10, 15 minutes ago, will you be wide awake on that drive? Will you be motivated? The reason why I tell you this story is a lot of people think and will say to me, uh, I'm too tired. I lack the energy. 
that's why I'm not motivated. For those people, they see the lack of energy, the tiredness, as causing lack of motivation. For me, it's the other way around. Because you lack motivation, you end up tired, lacking in energy. You don't have anything to get you going. But as soon as you have motivation, you find the energy, you find the drive. So find the energy by getting motivated. So tip number five, do the do, take action. And the final A, tip number six, is to do with achievement. Make sure that motivation pays off, that there is a payback, there is some success for all that effort that you put in. And that's why you should set targets or goals or aims that are relatively short term and relatively easy to achieve because nothing succeeds, nothing builds up confidence, nothing makes people feel better than success. If some objective that the person has been set is too far into the distance and seems too difficult, they're likely to switch off. They're less likely to keep going. So somebody can, for a while, be extremely motivated, but if nothing's happening, if they don't have a sense of progress or a sense of achievement, then it's just likely one day they'll switch off. They just think, what's the point? I'm getting nowhere. So set yourself and set others short-term and achievable targets or objectives so that there is regular and quick payoff and payback. Build in achievement. So those are the six A's. Quick recap, clear aim, positive attitude, good sense of anticipation, all the abilities you need, taking action and having a sense of achievement. Those are the six factors most essential for somebody to be successfully motivated. So what about the four constraints? The four constraints are to do with what gets in the way and usually what gets in the way is a lack of something that helps fuel their motivation. So these are four constraints that in my experience are most likely to get in the way of and inhibit motivation. The first of these, tip number seven, is a lack of resource. Somebody might have a clear target or goal or aim, but they haven't got the resources necessary to get there. That could include not enough time, not enough money, not enough materials or equipment. So my seventh tip is to ensure that anybody, including yourself, has the appropriate level of resource to get there. You may have a high ambition to get to Edinburgh tonight, assuming you're not living in Edinburgh at the moment, but you don't have you know, the means to get there. You don't have the money, you don't have a train ticket, you don't have a car. Your motivation in your head might be strong, but you just don't have the ability to put it into effect through a lack of resource. Tip number eight is another lack, a lack of knowledge. 
It's amazing how often this is the case. Somebody has a vague idea of what it is they want to do, but they're not particularly clear. And if you're a, a teacher or a manager, this is something that we sometimes lack. We haven't given the student or the team member clear enough instructions, guidance or direction for what it is that's actually required. So there's two real knowledge gaps. The first one is the individual doesn't know what's required. They lack a clear brief. So they're having to guess to some extent. There's a bit of mind reading going on. I wonder what it is that's wanted. The clearer the individual is about what is wanted, the more likely they are to be motivated and feel confident in achieving it. So the first gap, the first knowledge gap, is not knowing what's required. And the second knowledge gap is a purpose gap. They may know what's required, but can't see the point of it. Why am I doing this? What's the purpose? It seems pointless. If that's the case, people are likely to switch off. They're likely certainly to deprioritize it. Why would somebody work on something that they can't see the benefit, purpose or payoff for? So, tip number eight, ensure the individual knows what's required and why it's important. Tip number nine, a third lack is a lack of skills. Clearly an individual will not deliver and will not feel motivated to deliver if the task is beyond them in terms of aptitude or ability. So make sure that the person either has the ability to deliver the task or you give them that ability. You coach them, you train them, you give them the expertise and experience they need to deliver. So tip number nine, cover off the skills required. Now tip number 10, the final tip, is about over-motivation or over-commitment and sometimes we can see this in perfectionists. Beware perfectionism. The danger with being perfect is not only that you never can be, not as a human being, we're all fallible, we will all at some point make mistakes, but by being over-committed in one area you become under-committed in another. If you're a teacher, you'll understand this, I think, quite clearly when you're asked to do paperwork. You didn't come into teaching to shift paper. What you really came into teaching to do was to teach. And that means preparing your lesson, delivering your lesson, evaluating the lesson and marking student scripts. That's what you wanted to do. That's motivational. And so any requirement or request to just fill in forms, complete the paperwork, isn't really floating your boat. It's not something you really want to do. And something that I, I hear quite commonly and I absolutely understand is people will sometimes say, I didn't have time to do that paperwork. I just didn't get around to it. I was busy preparing. I was busy teaching. And I get that. But sometimes that paperwork, even though it's not motivational, is a requirement and is essential in some way or other towards the overall success of the student or the college. So being too committed to teaching may cost you by being less committed, paying less attention to other things that know, though they are not motivational, 
are still a requirement to be done. So make sure under tip number 10 that you personally or your students or your staff member doesn't overcommit in one area leading to a lack of commitment and a lack of contribution in another. So the four classic constraints a lack of resource, a lack of knowledge, a lack of skills and being over motivated or over committed. Those are my top 10 tips on motivation. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Ugh. <sighs>